Hi guys, welcome to Belief Alchemy with Megan O'Neill. Every week I'll be sitting down to interview visionary women who will teach us how to have a more magical mindset and to create greater possibility in our lives and in our business. So welcome, welcome, Joanne. Hello. Hi, Megan. So, Hi. so just right off the bat, if they hear us talking, anyone who's listening, that we are good friends. And so I know, I know you, but I am going to ask you to introduce yourself and tell the listeners about you and your business, if you could. Oh boy. So I am Joanne, Joe Girl Lozon. And uh, I, I've been, I've been Joe and Joe Girl for many years, Joe, since I was about eight. And it has to be spelled with an E just because I'm quirky that way and a tomboy at heart. Um, <laughs> but Joe Girl, uh, since probably about 2009 when it, I was a blogger and my blog was yogirl.com. And, um, but I've always been a creative person. I always wanted to go into a creative field, although I uh, was raised in a very um, business executive environment and I was groomed to, to go into more of a business executive kind of career, although I, I managed to resist it. So in college, I went, um, in college, I studied creative advertising so that I could either be an advertising executive or have my own business doing, you know, marketing and design of, of advertising. Although this not, wasn't my first choice. My first choice for school was um, film and television production. So like another big creative field. Um, so I did end up having my own graphic design business, like branding and publication design uh, for many years. And I've sprayed and done other obscure things since then. I was a personal trainer and ran a gym for a few years. I had a small handcrafted skincare business for a few years. Uh, but I always come back to creativity. And in, I think, 2015, I decided to... Um, pivot my graphic design business and make it more about actual tactile art, like creating art. So we started with calligraphy and hand lettering, and then I, I evolved into acrylic mixed media painting. And now when people ask me what I do or what my business is, I tell them I am an artist and I am a creative play coach. So I inspire people to live joyful lives through creative play, getting in touch with their creative energy, embracing it even though it might feel scary for those of us who haven't been in touch with that energy since maybe we were kids um and it's just really been a joy and i think it it is truly my calling to to inspire people in in creative ways so yeah yeah and that's how we first met it is yeah i came yeah, to you came to one of my live your spirit women's creative play weekends yeah which was mm -hmm. so much, and at camp, as a matter of fact, at a camp. Yes, yes, at a camp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even mention camp, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have um, worked with a lot of creative entrepreneurs and, you know, mm -hmm. the, the story, I also grew up in with a highly creative father who was entrepreneurial. So I mm -hmm. started young with people who, who are what I call right brain heavy. You know, yeah. that that creative part of your brain that uh, that some people are heavier in than other people. And you just happen to be really heavy in that. And so do many. Of, yes, <laughs> you're very. And uh, 
And so for anybody who is really heavy on this, uh, we were talking about this earlier, Joe and I, anybody who's heavy on the right brain, they tend to think they have ADHD or maybe they even do, but they tend to think that there is uh, something often wrong with them or something <laughs> that's not functioning, you know, right? Yeah. And I just want to talk, tell everybody that that is not the case. And uh, my ch my child psychologist, uh, what do you call it? Psych ed. So they, they test you for your mm -hmm. way of learning was just like, no, you just have to find a job that supports your, your creative way of yeah. operating. Right. And make, yes, yeah. and so I keep saying to my kids who are, especially one is very right brain heavy to find something and make money at it in terms of what mm -hmm. you love to create. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's, is as you said, um, being a creative entrepreneur is challenging, I find. For many of the people that I've worked with, and one of, I told you this, one of my first clients was a visual artist and yeah. worked on Money Mindset. That was like the, the, the big thing that was holding her back from quitting her job and going full time. Mm -hmm. So growing up with the idea, Kevin calls it the starting artist, starving artist complex because he had that, right? My yeah. husband. Um, so many of my... Uh, creative clients struggle with, I think, money mindset, imposter syndrome, etc. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like when you first went? I know that you've always been in creative industry. I mean, graphic yeah, design. Yeah. yeah. But when you transferred out of that and mm -hmm. you started your own business, mm -hmm. what did you find was the most challenging? Well, thankfully, I had a lot of the business know-how under my belt, so there wasn't any particular struggle in terms of building the business or, you know, creating the business. It was definitely a mindset game. So when I when I decided to do more tactile art, as I'll call it, um, I definitely dealt with imposter syndrome, knowing that everything that I learned with the exception of my two years of college for advertising was self-taught. Um, I knew that I could probably put paint on a canvas and figure it out, but I felt like I needed to at least have a class under my belt. So I signed up for a six week class with another artist who I respected um, just to maybe feel like I had some credentials, right? Some qualifications to, to paint. I struggled with the term artist until probably 2012 or 13. Like I wouldn't, I couldn't even get those words out of my mouth that I'm an artist. I would say things like, no, no, I'm, I'm not an artist. I'm not an artist. Like I'm a doodler. I doodle, you know, meanwhile, I'm doing house illustrations for people and drawing, you know, kind of cartoony portraits of people. And like, it's obvious that I'm an artist, but I just couldn't say it because I felt like a huge fake having not gone to Ontario College of Art or even taken, you know, numerous art workshops or classes. Like I just didn't, I was just, I 98% of what I, of my output is self-taught and just exploration. But now I'm an artist. Yeah. I'm I, saying that. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I was just thinking about, the term artist, because I've heard this as well, um, mm -hmm. that, that it's, the, it's the word artist. I guess mm -hmm. that word is way more loaded than totally I ever would loaded. have thought it, I ever would have thought it would be. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, now because I work with people to push through that, that block, um, 
that comes up a lot. Like, no, no, I'm not an artist. I'm not the creative one in the family. I couldn't draw a stick person if my life depended on it. Like people really, really resist that, that label, that moniker artist. I think they resist creative as well, but I think they resist artist more. Don't you think? Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yes, for sure. Artist is, you know, you might as well be saying doctor. Well, I'm not a doctor, you know, I'm not an artist. Yeah. And do you yeah. think it comes from sort of what I call the traditional view of what your training is? Do you think that it, do you think that people call themselves an artist if they have formal training, they yeah. find it easier? I think that's where it's more, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's where the comfort comes in for most people. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, eh? Because you think about oh, how yeah. many people that you have called themselves artists Mm-hmm. And it comes from a confidence thing because you know they mm-hmm. didn't have any formal training. Yeah, totally. So those people kind of um, cushion that insecurity by by saying, and I've seen it in people's bios, and I try not to say it myself, but I'm a self-taught artist. As like if they have to qualify. Less, right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like just in case you go looking for my, you know, diploma in fine art, you know, you're not going to find it because I'm a self-taught artist. So. Right? Yeah. And I mean, say you're an artist. Exactly. Exactly. You doodle on your page while you're listening to a webinar. Yeah. Then you're an artist. Like, you know, it's, that's the definite, that's it to me. Like, I I just think that we're all artists. It's the the headline of my website. You are an artist. I just, you know, what I wonder is because for a long time I was, um, I didn't know what to call myself. And I really, I think I downplayed um, my skills, especially when people came and they started talking to me who were traditional people who worked with the mind and whatever traditional capacity. And then Mm -hmm. I started to realize because I'd had so much experience that really a lot of what you learn is through experience and that you absolutely right. And that it's really not self-taught everything. Yeah. Everything that you do is self-taught. Like that's just a dumb redundant thing to say. (laughs) And yet, you know, because I work predominantly with women and most of the people who listen to my podcast are women, I find that this is one of the main blocks that people have is this sort of whatever version of imposter syndrome, whether it's you're calling yourself an artist, calling yourself creative, calling yourself a businesswoman, yeah. right? So yeah. when you, because you are talking to artists a lot and I, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I just did a challenge with creative people. Yes. When you think about moving into the business part of it, because you you had got your feet wet really quite young in the business part mm. of it, like probably yeah, what, yeah. 22 or 23 when you oh, started? Oh gosh, well, I'm younger than than my peers because I'm a December baby. But um, yeah, I mean, even before I finished college, like, and I finished college when I was, I guess, 20. But even before then, I was because I grew up with Apple products in the household. My oh, dad right. had, a, right. you know, was very involved with Apple. So I was playing with design tools before I even went to, like even in high school, I was designing the programs for our musical theater productions and stuff like that. So I knew all of that stuff and I was already doing things for people and they would pay me, you know, 20 bucks or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I grew up like my mother and father are both entrepreneurs. So I grew up witness to some of those systems that you need as a business person. So that, that stuff kind of came naturally to me. Like I've never taken a business course. I've never, you know, I do kind of wing things sometimes, but that that's part of my, just my creative intuition on how, how I want my business to run behind the scenes. But um, for me, I just have to, 
a lot of it is intuition, you know, and, and that's, that is creativity in itself, right? Like trusting your intuition to make decisions that, that are, that honor you, honor yourself. Yeah. Because the, the nuts and bolts, the sort of everyday stuff is stuff that Mm -hmm. I call the left brain stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think people get really intimidated by the left brain stuff, but it really, totally. it's kind of, it's, it's stuff that you can figure out. It's sort of actually almost not eat. I don't know if it's easier, but it's, it's just, it's probably easier to learn in some ways. Cause I think your analytical brain in some ways has been trained so much in school. Like yeah. when you think about school, Joe, and we went mm-hmm. to school, it was all kind of a lot of analytical sort of left brain, do this, 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 and that. Yeah. In, in many of our school subjects, rather than this is the answer. There's only one answer. This yes. is the right answer yeah. versus, yeah. you know, we were talking Yeah, about. totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So for me, like, um, you know, I've had people try to come in and help me set up bookkeeping systems, but these people are typically bookkeepers, accountants. They're very numbers oriented. They're very like spreadsheet. And those systems don't work for me. I need something that's a little bit that's a lot more user-friendly, something that's way more um, intuitive and that, you know, just works better with the way my mind works. So I tend to do things more simply um, so that I don't resist doing that task in the first place. Right. So in terms of all those nuts and bolts, yes, I'm creative in the sense that I'm looking for ways or I'm creating ways to manage my business in kind of softer, gentler systems, like softer, gentler ways that I, that I'm better able to manage with my creative energy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it totally makes sense. And one of the sort of cool things when I was working, I was doing, I was working last week with one of the creative artists. When I asked Mm -hmm. them to do something, which I would ask someone, say, for example, to write down, um, of beliefs that would support you in growing your business or something. But instead mm-hmm. of writing it down, which is kind of like a linear way of doing things, they were like, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to like, I'm going to sketch some pictures of what I think it's, you know, <laughs> how, what I imagine it to be. Yeah. And I was like, woo, woo, I was all excited because it was oh, a yeah. completely, completely different way than a lot of my people yes. you know, would do it because they would want to write the words because that's how we were taught in school that you map yeah. out what you want to do. But what I yeah. want all the creatives who might be listening to this understand from from the artists or the creatives is that you have to do it in a way that feels natural to you. Like mm-hmm. even the, well, mine is a lot of visual, my mindset work, but to draw the picture out of who you mm-hmm. want to be or what, yeah. you know, whatever, if it's music, cause we were talking about music, maybe this is the music that makes you feel. Yes. How going yeah. To yeah. Be, yeah. Right. Yeah. But even boils down to like the actual tool, you know, like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say brand names. Yeah. Can course. I say part yeah, yeah. names? Yeah. Okay. So like, in terms of like my, my invoicing tool, like QuickBooks is very detailed. It's very analytical. It's very like business, business, business. It's not super user-friendly for me. Whereas like, I really like the wave accounting. It just like, it's, there's more white space. There's, (laughs) it's a nice, it's nicer typesetting. It's like, it's just a prettier tool to use. So I feel more drawn to, you know, if I'm making notes or scheduling things in my, in my journal, I'll use different colors to highlight things in a different right. way, or, you know, like right. I'll use different hand yeah. lettering styles to call attention to things. Like, so I try to make all of those business tasks a little, like a little bit more palatable, a little bit more fun, a little bit more enjoyable. Otherwise I just won't do them. 
Yeah. And I think that's kind of the key. What I have discovered working with creatives, or actually, I think what I try and do is I try and also, a lot of the time I'm encouraging my clients to to find their creativity in terms of their business, how, what Mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying, find what is going to intuitively work for you, but Mm -hmm. you have, and this is what I love about you and why I wanted to have you on for so many reasons today, but you Mm -hmm. have dipped your toe into a lot of different things. Like you have so many, so many, and Mm -hmm. so many interesting things that you have done. And I know that you are right now in the middle of preparing for another round of a, um, of a, is it a course or? Uh, you're talking about panic repricing. Yeah, yeah. It's an e-course. It's yeah. a workbook and an e-course. Yeah. yeah. It started as an e-course um, back in 2017. So I um, collaborated with this young lady. She, she gathered some friends together and ho- I hosted for her and her friends, a modern calligraphy workshop. Her name is Becca Cordes. Um, she's known as the happy ever crafter everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so she gathered her friends together. At the time, she was a full-time interior designer. She had a full-time job. And uh, she just nailed this modern calligraphy thing. And um, because she's an interior designer, she has a lot of hand-eye coordination and very meticulous. And her mom is a beautiful oil painter, beautiful artist. Her brothers, I think, also are very talented. So she's got like inherent creativity and talent. Um, anyway, she just nailed it. And at the time I was, um, so she lived out in the east end of town and I was in the west end. And at the time I was thinking like, I really need to recruit somebody to, to lead some of these workshops in parts of town where I don't want to go. And when I saw how she just picked up this and I thought, and I really liked her energy. I really liked her personality. She's much younger. She's like 20 years younger than I am. And um, so I, I reached out to her and I asked her if she'd be interested in, in coming on as another instructor. And the more we got talking, the more I realized, you know what, I don't, I don't actually want to build that business. Like that's, it was a bit of a reality check. So I kind of gave her my blessing and said, like, I'm actually going to get out of teaching these workshops. If you want to do it, like just go and do your own thing. I'll help you set up your business. So I did. And we ended up becoming friends and that kind of blew her mind. Like that I wasn't going to consider her my competition. Like I was actually going to mentor her and, and, and lead her in this. So she's ended up being wildly successful with a calligraphy course that she leads online, like wildly successful. And so in 2017, she came to me and she's like, we need to develop a project together to help people price their calligraphy and their hand lettering um, products, services, things like that. Because she would often come to me about pricing because now at that point, I had 25 years under my belt of quoting branding jobs and yeah. publication work and work for other work for clients and my own calligraphy and hand lettering contracts at the time. So she would often come to me looking for pricing advice. So anyway, we did end up collaborating on this project. At the time, it was just a, a PDF workbook that people could download for 25 bucks or something. And it's called Panic Free Pricing. And we've since um, revisited it a, a few times. Um, and of course, with every year that passes and every time we revisit it, her audience has expanded and her experience has expanded. And her just she's a huge influencer in, on social media. And um so every time we launch it, it ends up being more and more successful. So, so we're just heading into our third 
big relaunch of it. And um, yeah, so it's a workbook and it's an e-course on the teachable platform. So yeah. videos that complement the workbook. And we have, the last time we did it, we had some other like influencer, like really kind of popular um, other artists contribute different modules to the course as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a whole lot of mindset stuff around that kind of success. Like, I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars yeah. every yeah. time we launch this, we split the commission, like we split the pro the profits 50, 50. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that I've had some very, very tough times being an entrepreneur, especially in the creative industry. Um, I have, I have some old limiting beliefs around being a mompreneur. Like, you know, like I don't want to be a workaholic. I don't want to take, take time and energy away from my sons who are now like 19 and almost 15. So, or 19 and 14, I don't want to age them <laughs> too quickly. Um, so I have lots of, um, lots of limiting beliefs around how hard I, you have to work to make good money. Yeah. And, and I, you know, yeah, it hasn't been particularly difficult to create this workbook and this e-course, but the returns have been life-changing for me at times, you know, right. being able to wipe out debt, being able to take my kids on a trip to Cuba a couple of years ago and, um, yeah. and start up Joe girl camp and start. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. I, so I want yeah. to talk about that too, because I sure. find that so cool. So I mean, I have known you for a while now, so I've seen many of the different projects and that was just one that you're working on that mm -hmm. you happen to be working on now. And I know that yeah. that what you were talking about, and I think we talked a lot about this, about um, the belief that if things are that easy and enjoyable and mm -hmm. quick and profitable, yeah, whether it's um, creating your joy, your Joe girl camp or your retreats or any of the stuff mm -hmm. that you do or this this upcoming um, e-course and work, workbook. Mm -hmm. I think that what I hear with creatives is that there's this struggle between the idea and I'm, and I think this goes back to many people. You can't really enjoy and it be easy and and, and feed your soul. And mm -hmm. then when sometimes we sabotage ourselves or sometimes we resist, oh, yeah. you know, because yeah, yeah. especially creatives, I find because, well, they, it's, it's all about like not feeling deserving of it. Right. right? Like, right. because we, you know, particularly in my case, like you have to work hard. Money doesn't grow yeah. on trees. You have to work hard. You have to put in the time. But I think you that's, know? I think that's the common one. I think that they're For sure. Yeah. Because most yeah. people saw their parents, um, slugging away maybe at jobs that were not so, mm -hmm. so great and maybe really not soul satisfying and not creative. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they think that that's the only, I know that that's what I had always thought too, mm -hmm. that the only way you deserve mm -hmm. money, let alone lots yeah. of money is yeah. that if you are, um, in a crappy feeling job, you know, in, yeah. right. And that those yeah. people yeah, yeah. deserve it more. Yeah, but I know. But, you know, you made the decision, um, and this is what I love about because I feel like creative people just keep going. Like, you can't uh, just stop, which is just so exciting. No, there have been so many moments in my life where I've actually pulled up, you know, job job search websites, and just I've been wanting to say, like, just screw it. I can't do this anymore. I just need to get a government job or a full-time job. Like, I can do that. I can slug away at a desk somewhere, you know, 830 to 5 get benefits, get a pension, get vacation pay, sick leave, whatever. Like my, I'll be so much more 
content. Like I won't have to worry about money. Yeah. You know? And I, and I but, imagine that when and, you divorced, that was probably a, you know, when your kids well, were. Well, when I divorced, I was actually on fire. Like that was the start of my personal oh. training career. And I was opening the gym and I, I thought that I was going to have Joe girl fitness cars running around the city, training people in their homes and at their offices. And yeah, I was on fire. Um, energetically speaking in terms of being an entrepreneur, for sure. I felt like I could do anything. Um, but in the years since, for sure, like being on my own and having to rent my own place and, you know, pay for my car and having to buy a new car and, you know, yeah, like, yeah all that stuff. Sure that, like there's, yeah. So, you know, as a self-employed person, if you're not careful, you don't have retirement savings. You don't have sick leave pay. You don't have benefits, you know? Yeah. So it's not just, you know, if you're bringing in 50K, for example, you, it's not just a matter of setting aside money for taxes. You've got to set aside an emergency fund. Well, it's hard to live off 50K as a, as a mom with two kids part-time. Like there, right. there's not a lot of money left at the end of the day and you find yourself dipping into those savings accounts. And so, yeah, there are times when there's nothing in, there's nothing in the reserves, like there's nothing. So so there have been probably five or six times in the last 12, well, 11 years now of being on my own um, where I just thought, screw it, I'll just get a full-time job and I'll yeah. just, you know, I'll get my creative fix just on my own in the evenings and weekends and that'll be fine. But I, I've never done that. I've never, I've just never been able to do it. Like it just sickens me, the thought yeah. of it. Uh, I've had a few little part-time jobs, but my part-time jobs were at a flower shop one day a week, creative, um, at an interior, uh, like a paint store, a paint and wallpaper store, creative. Um, I was a part-time event administrator at, a, at an event center, creative, helping people plan events. And so even though I've picked up part-time jobs along the way, just to supplement my income and give me a little bit of like security that way, they've always been in some sort of creative, creative field. Yeah. Yeah. Now and I you kind of be like, a, I just figure stuff out, you know, like I just figure stuff out. Like if this isn't working, what do I love about it and don't want to sacrifice for the next thing? And how can I shift it into something else that might appeal to more people or maybe that I could charge differently for. So that's kind of how camp evolved, right? Yeah. So talk yeah. about camp. I want you to explain to everybody what camp is. Sure. So my elevator pitch for camp is that it is your online happy place for creative play classes and community. <laughs> is, that, is that right? Your online happy place. No, <laughs> I didn't even get it right. You can tell I've just written this elevator pitch. It is your online happy place for creative awakenings, mindfulness, and play. So C-A-M-P, creative awakenings, mindfulness, and play. The word camp came first, then the, the perfect tagline. So I don't know if we've touched on this yet, but for the last five or six years, I've been hosting workshops, um, what I call creative play workshops. So it started with the modern calligraphy, hand lettering. Then I moved into watercolor and um, acrylic mixed media. I did vision board workshops. I did um, like doodling, simple illustration, how to draw your own house. Um, I did them in person around my dining room table for several years and then started taking them online. So I've done some online workshops. Um, and I love that. Like it's a really cool way to connect with six or seven women around my table, sometimes men, but it's usually women. 
Um, then I evolved that into my women's art retreat weekend, of course. And I've done that for seven, uh, not seven years because I did some in September and some in, in March, but I've done a total of seven of those. Um, and I just love seeing women primarily, and I'll just continue to refer to women moving forward. Um, I just love them. I love witnessing that moment where they, the connection is undeniable that they've connected to their creative energy. I see it around the dining room table during these workshops. I see it at the retreat. And that just gives me so much joy and so much pleasure to know that I, you know, handed them the tools to, to tap into that energy. And that's something that unless they specifically choose to turn it off, that they'll have with them forever. The retreat, you've brought this online. Yeah. We just go to, because I yeah. know you just yeah. did what the camp stands for, but I want to go back. To right. So we'll go back to that. So at the start of, um, so at the start of last year, we ended up in a, in a global pandemic, right? So yes, we did. Uh, yes, we did. And I had in-person workshops lined up. I had March break camps lined up for kids. I had, I was going to be hosting my very first art show and sale, like at an in-person venue to sell. Um, I had just finished a hundred day project and I was offering up each piece that I did for a hundred days up for sale. And um, so I had all of these things lined up and then we were told you can't leave your house. So, but, um, oh, and I lost the job at the event center because of course nobody was hosting events. So I was laid off from that job and I had, I had left the flower shop job. So at the beginning of the pandemic, I found myself um, without guaranteed income and all streams of income severed because I could no longer host my in-person events. Um, so because I have such a powerful creative brain, I just brainstormed the heck out of how can I do what I want to do online? Like it's the only way, how can I do, how can I do everything that I want to do online? And the cool thing about doing stuff online is that it's not, it doesn't have to just be in response to a pandemic. It's if I build it right, it's something that I can continue after the world gets its stuff together and, you know, we can start going outside and interacting with people again. But if I build whatever it is, I'm going to build properly it can be ongoing and it can continue to serve the global audience. So I spent um, quite a bit of time, as you do when you're in lockdown, um, just with my thoughts and I brainstormed lists and I wrote out all the things that I love doing, all the things I love teaching, all the ways I love connecting with people, all the ways I love inspiring people. And then I also wrote out all the things that I love doing. So those administrative kind of nuts and bolts things that we talked about earlier, like if I'm going to pivot my business, I need to make sure that it's that the systems I need to use for that business are systems that I enjoy doing, right? So I listed all the things I love doing. I love, I wanted to go into film and video production, right? When I was in high school, I love filming videos. I love being on camera. I'm not shy. I'm a Sagittarius. I love being in front of people. I love teaching. I, I love doing kind of production work, right? So all of that, and I like having things organized. I like, um, which is so not typically artist quality, but I love being organized. Um, so all of these things pointed to a community where I could connect with women around the world online and feed them a, a, a constant stream of 
things to inspire them. So the more I thought about it, the more my idea expanded. So originally it was just online classes. I can just do online classes, easy, done. I can do them live, I can record them and then post them on my website for sale, 20 bucks a pop or whatever. Um, but I that would have that would have been fine for the hour and a half or two hours during the class where I got to connect with these people, but it wasn't going to serve the need or the desire to, to create ongoing, really rich connections with these women, which I know is valuable for me, but it's also valuable for these women. Like they are looking for community and they're yep. looking for creative mentorship, right? So the more I kind of expanded on that idea, like what, well, what's one step up from creating a series of online classes. Well, maybe it's creating um, like a membership for, for people and they could get multiple classes or a new class every week. Oh, well, that sounds really good. So then now they're going to pay me maybe a weekly fee or a monthly fee to get new classes every week. And then I thought, that's really demanding of me and my time and energy. And I, I worried about running out of content, um, running out of things that I could teach. So I thought, well, what else could I offer instead of just a video class every week. Well, I could, I could come up with worksheets. I could come up with um, mindfulness prompts, right? Creative awakenings, mindfulness and play. I could come up with mindfulness prompts because I'm a designer. I can design worksheets. I can design journal pages. Um, so it's the whole a enchilada. Calendar. It's the whole enchilada. Yeah, there's a, so every, every month a new calendar is uploaded and on the calendar there are creative prompts like take a photo of, something blue in your house today or um you know try a new recipe is actually today's prompt for this weekend try a new recipe this weekend post you know take a picture of it and post it in the community um there's a gratitude journal that i designed and uploaded i have guests you were a guest a few weeks ago you came and spoke about mindset for creatives um so i have guests and guest artists that come and lead new classes and things like that so it, it is the whole enchilada yeah. and it it's it's self-serving in that it it it's an opportunity for me to do all the things that I love doing in a way that I love doing it. Like I love the process of filming a class. It I love the process of editing the video and then uploading it to the back end of the membership platform. Like I like all that nitty-gritty stuff. Yeah. But you know, where I get to like affect people's lives and connect with them. And we do the live Zoom events. We had a scavenger hunt live on zoom a couple of weekends yeah. ago it was a riot it was so fun um and yeah. i know that that these women actually a couple of guys uh, husbands jumped into that scavenger hunt which was a really fun thing when i asked people to put on red lipstick um and they did it like they were just such good sports um so it's it's very fulfilling it's very fulfilling and um and i know that it's it's meeting the needs of a lot of women who are feeling popped out they're feeling blah they're feeling uninspired they're feeling like at the end of the day they're not doing anything for themselves um and right now they're missing that community and that connection so we're building relationships and we're building a circle of of you know this support yeah and i mean i witnessed this in person when I would go to the the creative play, uh, well, I call them retreats, but we, you know, that but I retreats, yeah. yeah, and 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 so I'm so this is why in the modern age, this is why online stuff is so cool, because mm -hmm. so I love the idea of this going online because then you don't have to happen to know someone who knows Joe 
or be in yeah. the, in the, the, our Ottawa entrepreneurial community right. to be able to have access this. You can yeah. do it in Germany or you can do it in the States or you can do it wherever. Totally. So I love whenever, right? Whenever. Like, right. Members so you, have access. You can start a class in the morning and finish it on the weekend. You know, like yeah. it's, 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 it's kind of what I call a choose your own adventure, which is yeah. suitable for camp, right? Like you can go in and do as much or as little as you want. It's 20 bucks a month. Like, you know, yeah. And yeah. I think, I think what's really cool about you doing this is, is not only because, well, obviously you had to do it in necessity with mm-hmm. the origins, but mm-hmm. if we go back a step, I just wanted mm-hmm. to tell everybody that the camp you're doing it in accurate and inaccurate. Why am I, my brain? Sorry. <laughs> menopause brain. Inaccurate. It's Friday and we're yes. in a pandemic. You're so camp to brain stand, parts. Yeah. So camp stands for this, but, yes. but in reality, camp was your childhood happy place. Oh, so yeah. you're, it's a camp physical, my happy yeah, place. it's a physical, yes. it's not just that. No. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Which so, is, which lends and it, it, the way I've modeled the, the platform is so campy. Like, you know, I use terminology, like, you know, the community is called the campfire community. So go, you know, post your pictures in the campfire community. And it, actually at camp where I went to camp, the, the, the restroom building, like the boys and girls, you know, showers, toilets, sinks in the middle of the cabins was called community. Like, um, you know, come and come to like, it's just like, yeah, it's just, it's so fun. Like choose your own adventure and explore and so yeah. And, so if you didn't like yeah. camp, because there are actually, I loved camp. You loved a camp. lot of people didn't love camp. didn't love yeah. overnight camp. They weren't loving no. camp. So this is yeah. an opportunity to get the best of camp. Yeah, they would have wanted to go to a camp that you're offering, and yeah. just as a as a as an addition, because you loved mm-hmm. this camp so much, I mm-hmm. paid attention. I went and then I introduced my daughter to the physical yeah. camp. The physical camp. Yeah. Now she's crazy. Now, about she's it she's a mini you. So. <laughs> Well, what's so neat is that like when I was a kid, I went to this camp for, you know, multiple weeks every summer for eight years. I loved it. And of course I wanted to be a camp counselor there, but my business executive mother would have nothing of it. Cause you know, you don't get paid a lot when you're a camp counselor. So she always made sure that I had a job in her high tech, you know, company uh, for the summers, you know, that was going to serve me better than going off to be a camp counselor. So, but, um, and so I wasn't, I wasn't part of camp for many years as I was growing up. And then I had an opportunity to go back for their 50th anniversary in 2012. And I just felt I would, it would it's always been my favorite place. Um, but I hadn't been there for many years, but when I went back, it just, um, I fell in love with it all over again. And I became involved with the camp, um, from a, like I helped them with their social media. I designed their website. I, I ended up being on one of their, on their communications committee. Um, I fell in love with a guy who was very involved at the camp. So we kept going, you know, we would go camping there. We did family camp. I got my kids involved. Um, yeah. And this and then, inspired, uh, inspired your, yeah, inspired, like, that's where I ended up hosting my women's art retreat weekends. And so I've done, I've done a lot of things for the camp, but I was never a camp counselor. So now, now I get to be a camp counselor. It's perfect. It's just come full circle. Oh, isn't that great? I love that. <laughs> I know. So like, I, I was just saying to somebody the other day, like this, like pandemic aside, this really serves every single part of me. Like it just really, it, and the best part is that what it is I'm offering serves the people who I'm helping, like the people who I'm reaching. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, Like I just, I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out. (laughs) So, so this is what I want to talk about. Yeah, no, no. But I want to just, I want to hop on that point because I think that a lot of creative entrepreneurs feel, you know, are going to have different, a different journey than say a very more Mm -hmm. of a right brain, linear, more analytical type of individual. And Mm -hmm. I think that often, you know, and this has been a big part of my work with creatives, they feel bad about who they are, right? Like, because of the way you operate, and because you're going to have all these, you know, all of these really interesting ideas, and you're going to experiment. I think that a lot of times, people think that they're they're going to get it done in two years, they're going to get it done in three years. But the reality is, is sometimes it takes you 11 years, until Mm -hmm. you find your first love. So what I want people to take away with, I want to take away some of the Joe wisdom and, and having been (laughs) a creative entrepreneur and started so many different ventures and learned along the way, what can you share with us about what you learned and what beliefs you might have running now that help you? Well, I first want to say like for a long time and, and only until recently, and I don't remember what the turning point was, but I, every time I started something new, I was afraid that people were going to think that I was flaky yeah. or flighty or whatever yeah. that term is for, oh, here she goes again. What's she doing now? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you know, I did, I had my graphic design business for 20, I mean, I technically still have it. It's what I operate under, but um, you know, I abandoned that in 2010 to be a personal trainer and to start a gym. Like, where's that coming from? Uh, and then I returned to graphic design, but I was doing house illustrations and home color consultations because at that time I was working for the paint and paper store. And then, and then I did the home or the um, all natural skincare stuff. And then I went more leaning into art. Like, so like I was always nervous and I was always in the back of my mind worried what people thought of me, like bouncing from one thing to the next. Um, so it wasn't until recently that I looked at all of those different things and and gave myself permission to just like a chalk them up to my experience and all the things that I've learned. Cause I'm a huge believer in like every opportunity being an opportunity for learning and growth. Like even the crappy, even whatever happens to you in your life and in your experience is an opportunity for learning and growth. So, um, like that is number one. So I'm not like, I don't feel discouraged anymore when I want to try something new. Right. Um, and I know that when I try something new, it inspires other people to try something new, like to not like to step out of their comfort zone to try something new. You know, it yeah. takes you until your your forties in many ways for you to mm-hmm. learn this. And I'm trying to mm-hmm. teach that to my creative kid right now. And as the yeah. psychologist yeah. said, when I said, you know, as the psychologist said, no, she's just really heavy right brain. There's not much you can do about that. That's yeah. that's who she is. So yeah. anybody yeah. out there who's listening to Joe and understands that it is a journey and it is about experimentation, mm-hmm. it is about taking yeah. chances, it is yes. about your creativity and giving yeah. yourself permission. So yeah. I know that you, um, I, I obviously follow you on Instagram, but I know mm-hmm. you have, you've had gazillions of people follow you on Instagram. What's your mm-hmm. handle? Oh, it's Joe Girl TV. So don't forget the E. So it's J-O-E-G-I-R-L-T-V. So TV is for television because I tend to, well, there's a whole backstory, but yeah. um, my website is joegirl.com and there are links to all my social media. Yeah, but um, I know probably the visuals, there, but- all the creatives listening will be on Instagram anyway here. So I, you know what? I really want to encourage anybody who is feeling stuck and fe- and if you aren't a creative and you're listening to this particularly, because I think that we didn't get into this, but I think a lot of people, including myself, 
just feel like we're not creative enough to be mm-hmm. can to do some of the more creative things that it's only people who mm-hmm. are super talented in high school and visual arts. And yeah, Joe well. helped me to solve that. And I think <laughs> that she, for anybody who feels, who wants to, to dip their toe in, go and see her Instagram stuff and just, just mm-hmm. start to observe it because I think it will just inspire you. And I think then, yeah. you know, check out your, cause it's, it's brilliant your stuff. So thank you, oh, Miss Joanne. I really appreciate well, thank you having you. Thanks, I Joe. need to just give a little warning if people are, well, depending on when they listen to this podcast, I'm currently in the middle of a new 100 day project for the year. So you're just going to see a whole lot of faces because my personal challenge for these 100 days is to draw a different face every day. Cool. I actually yeah, gave they're... myself a break yesterday. So they're kind of cool, but I do a lot more than just. Yeah. Well, faces, I mean, you, so. they can scroll through though, right? And just yeah, they everything. can scroll through. Yeah. Or yeah. visit the website. So yeah. I will, so don't yeah. worry. I will Thanks. put that in the details. Anybody who's listening, I will put it in the details. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to catch everything that we're saying right now. No, okay? that's right. Cool. But thank well, you, thank you, my Megan, friend. for having me. I always love connecting with you. You always like give me great insight and you pick up on things that I'm saying and doing that I don't even realize. So well, You've helped I'd... me uh, break through a lot of these mindset blocks. And oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Super thanks, grateful Mr. that you are my friend. <laughs> me too. <laughs> okay. Thanks, super. Joe. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed our guest today as much as I did. If you are interested in connecting on social media, then I am on Facebook and LinkedIn, Megan O'Neill Core Beliefs. Or if you are thinking this is the time for you to empower your mindset and expand your life and business, you can find me at meganoneal.ca. Mm-hmm.